Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, I want to take a minute and welcome you into the Kelly family and just let you know this podcast is your resource for anything leadership and business and anything we can do to help you, whether that's answering some leadership questions you have. Maybe it's getting you in connection with some of our faculty to to explore some research they're conducting, or you just have this awesome person you know that would make a great guest for our show. We would love that recommendation. Send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-E-P-U-I.edu. Again, R-O-I-P-O-D at I-E-P-U-I.edu. Well, we are going to explore today a topic that I think just is near and dear to so many. You know, all of us at some point, whether we're in the shower, whether we're stuck in traffic, whether whether we're just kind of just meandering through the day um, and just kind of in thought and daydreaming, we all get ideas. At some point, we might stop and say, you know what? I wish I had a phone case that could slip on my finger so I'm stop dropping it or I'm able to just hold it in a way that's comfortable and doesn't feel like it's fumbling around. And, you know, we just think about it for so long and how many of us just let it sit there in, in the dream world, in our imagination? Yet, you know, when we look at so many successful products, when we look at um, innovations that happen in day in and day out and things we interact with on a day basis, if you really take a step back and look, how simple are they? How simple are some of these solutions and products that we buy? Yet when we, when it comes to our own idea, we just think it's too simple. Maybe we think it's un, you know, it's not worthy of getting you know, people's attention, or maybe it just won't make a big splash, you know, like we think it will. But the reality is, we'll never know until we try. And so today we're going to talk about the importance of seeing an idea through as I'm honored to be joined by Max Brickman, the managing director of Heartland Ventures, a Midwestern venture capital firm. He's also listed in Forbes magazine under 30 list for 2022, and he's also a Kelly School of Business alum. So first, Max, welcome home and welcome to the ROI podcast. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about, you know, this idea. I mean, you sit in this all day. You know, you're working with people who have an idea, who have um, some sort of solution to a problem, and they're trying to, you know, get funding to take it to the next steps. Um, But there are so many more people out there that wish they could do that, or they think, you know, maybe you have to be cut from some quote unquote special cloth in order to be an entrepreneur or have to have some the certain personality type, you know, to enter enter the jungle of of risk and, and, and um, everything that comes with entrepreneurship. So from a venture capital standpoint, let's maybe demystify, you know, uh, first off, what a venture capital uh, venture capitalist is um, and, and what your role is in coming alongside people with these grand ideas. So, you know, on a high level, we're you know, we're, we're investors and, you know, we're, we're not operators, um, you know, for, for the companies, but we're, our goal is to, you know, find early stage businesses that have, you know, big potential, you know, companies that at least at our stage, you know, might be, you know, an idea might be a little bit further than an idea, but really has the potential to be, you know, industry changing and whatever they're targeting, something that can really be big at the end of the day. So from our perspective, we really need that that big vision, you know, something that, you know, again, as investors is something that can return, you know, money to, to us and to our investors, 
um, by not just growing at you know five ten percent per year something that can really have that exponential explosive growth so in terms of what we're looking for it's you know it's the ability to to, to change a large industry or, or the lives of a lot of people because that's you know that's how it's going to to really scale you know as you work with entrepreneurs because i'm sure a coaching aspect is it, it's not just you know money thrown into a problem and then it's like all right run off or maybe it is that you know i'm i may be naive to that um but talk about you know when you're working with uh clients or maybe you're working with um those go-getters what is it when it comes to these ideas besides the financial piece, but what is it about, you know, a lot of these entrepreneurs um, that, that sets them apart or, or really that kind of what qualities um, are they carrying that, that people just tend to miss or, or people just tend to, you know, overlook when it comes to starting an idea. Just kind of thinking about who, you know, we've backed in, in the past and, and who, you know, has been really successful that, you know, we've been fortunate to be able to observe and, and be involved with. I think it's people that are really willing and able to to iterate. Um, and I, I say that in a way that to be able to iterate, you need to be willing to uh, keep trying, right? Because to, to iterate, you have to, you know, try, see what works, what doesn't work, and then be conscious about that and, and improve going forward. And so that takes, you know, a certain amount of grit to be able to do that, a certain amount of, um, you know, uh, fearlessness, I guess, to, to kind of keep going back into the field and, and keep asking people. Uh, but the, the folks that are willing to go out, um, you know, pitch their idea, pitch the concept, see what resonates, see what doesn't, and and then adapt based off of that, you know, is, is the kind of founder who is, you know, again, able to adapt as things keep changing throughout, you know, throughout their business. So it's, you know, ha- having a, a flexible entrepreneur that can can adapt to all the challenges that are going to come up, I think is the the single most important thing. And when it comes to even, you know, like how I pitched the the opening of this episode, you know, so many of us have these ideas. So many people um, sit there and think about an idea um, and whether people are just either afraid of failing, um, whether it be, um, you know, thinking that the idea may be just insignificant or wouldn't make a big splash um, or fill in the blank for whatever reason that someone just keeps an idea um, stuck in their head. You know, I want to talk about like kind of one of the million dollar questions is why is it so important if, if you really think an idea is great, even if it feels small or insignificant to, to start to see it through, you know, talk about what that process can be and, and how it can, you know, how have you seen it change, um, whether it be industries or disrupt something or just offer clients, um, an, an option of something that, that no one really thought was in need until, you know, this idea came forward. Yeah. I think for the, for the folks that are first starting out that are deciding, you know, whether or not they want to go forward with something that, you know, have, have the idea in the shower and are, are not sure if they should move forward. You know, I'd say take it out to people and, and and start having that conversation, not just with random people, you know, unless it's a consumer product, but take it to, you know, who you believe the target customer is and, and see, you know, really, you know, watch them, look at their eyes and you know, see, see which areas they get excited about and which areas they don't and, and really be able to refine it based off of that. And you're never going to know unless you take it to the customers, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, if, if, it, if your idea resonates with who you think your idea is going to help then there might be something to that. That's going to get your customers excited. It's going to get you excited. It's going to motivate you to take it to the next step to potentially engage other people, well that, whether that be advisors or investors or you know other team members. Uh, I would just encourage people to, again, take it to the potential customer, get their take, 
and and see if it resonates with them. And I want to talk about something that comes up a lot of times. You know, I've I've dealt with this um, with, with some people in my uh, friend group. Um, you know, there's there's this misconception that you know, oh, I have this idea, but if I start talking about it. Someone yeah. else is going to take the idea and they're going to capitalize on it. So I better not talk about it. I probably should wait until I get some sort of non-disclosure agreement signed or, you know, I should probably get some sort of liability protection because, you know, this thing, I, I really want to protect this thing because I want to be the one to bring it forward. You know, talk about, is there merit even to that? Is that becomes like too fearful? I mean, what, what about that mindset may be either positive and, and good or totally just, you know just worrisome and, and fearful? I think it's a great, a great question. Something that I come across a lot as well. And it's unfortunate. I think when that happens, you're much more likely to, to, to lose out on an opportunity because you don't move forward with it than you are because someone steals it. You know, if, if someone steals it, you know, first of all, that doesn't mean that there is an opportunity. You can still outcompete them. But I think bigger than that, m- most people, you know, will not take an idea through, you know, it's really about execution. And and if you're the one who is able to execute and go forward with it and take it to people, you know, even if you take it to others, chances are they're, they're just going to sit on the idea as well. So, you know, again, I think you're, you're, you're much more likely to lose out because you don't do anything with it than you are because the idea is stolen. Um, so I, I personally, you know, in the vast, vast majority of cases would not worry about, you know, getting confidentiality agreements, that's only going to deter people, you know, from wanting to meet with you or, you know, just kind of start off on the wrong foot. Uh, you know, you're not giving them the whole playbook. You're not giving them everything. You're not doing it for them. You know, just, you know, pick the points that they need to know, you know, convey the value proposition to them. If the value proposition is resonating, you know, that's really all you need to know. I mean, it's it, and it kind of in the same in the same field, you know, like we kind of play this oh, protect the precious because this idea is is the precious, you know, making a Lord of the Rings reference. You know, there's also um, in the same lens, people just don't know, is this a good or a bad idea? How do I even begin to, you know, think, OK, I have this idea, you know, and some people, you know, on one side of the spectrum are so committed to this idea and so bought in and they're ready to run. But yet in reality and in the market, I mean, it's just a bad idea. Sometimes, you know, it's just, there's, there's no market for it. But at the same time, some people are going, well, I'm I'm not really sure. I I don't really feel confident in, 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 in this uh, specific idea, but yet if they were to take those steps and really open their eyes and look past that, you know, they would see that there, no, there is demand. This is a good idea. So that filter, what is a filter, good filter uh, to, to work some of these ideas out to see, man, is this something that I could even begin to take some of those first steps into building a business off this? Yeah. For for me, it's been every step, you know, anything that I've done and and really all the companies that we consider investing in, it comes down to do people want to buy the product? You know, do people want to, uh, you know, we have a, a, a partner at our firm that likes to say, you know, will, will people pay money to make this problem go away? Um, and, and if you can, you know, get that level of feedback, then it is something that might be worth taking it to the next step. But, you know, be honest with yourself, you know, don't ask leading questions, but really try to you know, think about it, you know, before going to people, really think about it, flush it out, really make it as concise and as clear as possible. You know, don't, you know, hit every, hit people over the head with every detail and every potential iteration and every potential impact it could have on the on the smallest areas. Really keep it to the to the core of the product, and then identify okay who is your target customer. Find those people. Most you know they'll, they'll you know if if 
you know, there are too few of them that, that you can't find them, then that's probably an issue in itself, but find those people, take it to them. And if they get excited about it, about, you know, the, the problem you're trying to solve, and if they have the feedback that they're willing to pay money to make that problem go away, if you were to create the product, if you were to finish it, then there's something there. You don't need to have every, you know, quirk or, or, or issue with the product worked out before you take it to someone. You can still take it to potential customers and, and explain it to them conceptually before you spend the money and the time to, to actually, you know, create the prototype, to actually put the product in, in production or, or develop the software. One of the other things that come with that, I think you hit, you were kind of alluding to is, you know, you just taking those steps, you know, as you work it through and you start taking those steps, uh, one of the issues that come up and I'm sure you see this a lot and I'm sure, and I know I've seen this is people get stuck in this. Well, I need to know X amount of information before I launch. I need to have, you know, this much capital before, or, you know, they, they start putting almost these calm defenses, calling, you know, maybe they're hiding because of fear. If you really get down to the problem or they're just not confident in the product and so they're making excuses or it's just a real concern. Like I want to be the most knowledgeable. I want to have all my ducks in a row. I want to have all these things must be perfect and I need to know everything about this before, you know, I can launch. Um, you know, it becomes a detriment, you know, to uh, getting this great idea. The hunger and the drive is there, but maybe there's just this execution or lack of execution in regards to um, having to know everything, you know. So the the really big question is, as you're flushing this idea out, when do you say, all right, now is the time um, to start um, putting it out there? Now is the time to actually move on this um, and and pull ourselves away from just I have to research and research and research and research um, versus no, I have to take action. Research is always always good. Knowing more about the product is always great. Always being you know obsessed with making the product better is is always terrific, but. A lot of that should be, if not most or all of it, should be informed by by the customer. And, and so, if you're taking it to potential customers and they're saying, you know, this that you're onto something, I agree that I do have this problem, but the way you're approaching it is not exactly solving it, or you need this component, or this is too clunky and, and it, too much of a hassle to use. Then I think that's motivation to go back before you go back to customers again and and resolve that. But there are always more features you can add to a product. There are always things you can work out. I would only focus on that if, you know, one, that's like the core of what your product is, where, you know, the, 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 the main problem that you're, that you're solving, uh, you know, needs to, this needs to be addressed before you can solve that core problem, not all the ancillary problems or the customer is pushing back and saying, Hey, we really need to see this. You know, and I want to start jumping into, okay, let's say we have this idea. We're starting to move forward. Um, we're starting to see some fruits of our labor come together. You know, when when is it a good time or w- what metrics do you use? Or is there um, any just specific advice on, okay, when is it time to take this and grow it bigger? You know, when do I as an as a taking an idea, maybe, maybe I'm bringing my first person, you know, on staff, or maybe, maybe the first big thing is, I'm thinking about actually quitting uh, uh, my job to fund this or to put all my focus on this. You know, can you speak to um, when do we know um, or or what metrics potentially uh, that that indicate, hey, maybe this is time to to take the next step and, and to go bigger. There's enough money out there, and there's enough you know kind of buzz in the startup ecosystem that's easy to get excited about other things. It's easy to just kind of raise money around an idea 
and and have that be the driving force. Like I'm not going to leave my my job until I raise money. And sort of a chicken and the egg problem because a lot of investors won't back you unless you're full time on it. Uh, but then you're you're sort of I don't want to say stuck, but you really you know you don't want to spend too much time on the wrong idea. And so yeah, I think it really is important to know when the right time is to, to go all in. And again, I, I would let the customer lead that, that again, it's easy to let investors drive that decision or, or other people who are not, you know, informed about your, as informed about your business. But if customers are saying, we really want this and what's preventing you from serving all of your customers is, is, is time or capital that's where you need to, you know, do whatever you need to do to, to solve those other problems. You need to raise the money to hire the people to, you know, to go full time, to, to go all in. So I love the show Shark Tank, as I'm sure yeah. so many people love the show Shark Tank. Um, and it's it's great. It's great to watch, you know, people come in with these awesome ideas. And I just sit there and think, man, like, how, that's such a cool idea. Why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't I, you know, put some effort into it? Um, and then we see them, you know, kind of going at each other. They hear the pitch and they're, you know, putting all this money out there. Um, but the reality is like most all reality TV shows, it's doctored for, you know, to, to get viewers to watch. Um, so let's talk about in the real world, you know, as you sit down in clients, walk us through like what can entrepreneurs expect as they're getting ready to pitch to ventures, venture capitalist firms like yourself or pitch to you? You know, what does um, a meeting look like and, and how do people prepare themselves to successfully enter a meeting with a venture capitalist once they kind of get that get that ear time slot with you? It's definitely not that adversarial. Um, you know, it's not one group sitting down, another group pitching. The vast majority of times, it's something casual. It's a, it's a Zoom call. It's a coffee. It's a lunch. You know, where you're not jumping right into your pitch. Where oftentimes there really isn't a, a, a true pitch. Where it's more of a conversation of, oh, okay, so so what are you working on? You tell tell me about it. Not a, all right, you have three minutes. Go. Uh, so I think being able to. To, to speak to your product in, in, in concise and clear bites instead of one long story is much more important because you're going to get interrupted. It's usually a series of, you're, you're explaining your product as a response to a series of questions, not in one you know, big uh, segment. So really having, again, those bite-sized anecdotes that are, that are memorable, that are clear, that are uh, you know, factual, as opposed to, uh, you know, you, you, don't, you don't want to uh, put yourself in a position where, where you're ever rambling in response to a certain question. So I think being prepared, anticipating what the investor is going to ask. Most investors will ask many of the same questions, you know, mapping out what all those potential questions would be, and then being ready to answer those, I think is really the, the, really the best way to, to prepare and really how a lot of these conversations end up going. So, you know, you and I, let's say, are sitting at a booth in a restaurant. Um, you know, I'm just sitting here talking. We're having a casual conversation. What Walk me through, you know, in your mind, what what are you listening for as a venture capitalist? I mean, you know, everyone can have their pitch. Everything, everyone can have their polished story and it boiled down. You know, but what do you listen for? What do you look for um, when you're sitting down with the person? Because, you know, one thing I know is that from your end, as a venture capitalist, you're not just listening for the million dollar idea though that would help you're also i'm sure vetting the person who's behind and running that idea because one of the things we believe on the show is an organization or in this case an idea is only as good as the people that run them or the people that you know are putting the effort behind them so what do you listen for what's some filters that kind of catch your ear um, in those conversations one of the things that i end up hearing that 
you know, if, it, if all I hear is here's what I'm going to do, it's concerning. Uh, you know, you want to hear, here's what I've done. Um, and, and yeah, you're, you're early in your business, you're needing capital, like much more is in front of you than is behind you. But I think the ability for the founder to show, you know, that, that they're able to, to generate results, you know, that they're, that they're willing to not just go out and try to meet with investors so that they can get money because they think that's going to solve all their problems. They're willing to grind and, you know, figure out the product themselves and, and go out and hustle and meet customers, however they need to meet customers and, you know, engage them, get them wanting the product, getting them to, to try the product out, to be using it, to be doing all of these things. I think just shows hustle and grit and willingness to do whatever they need to make it work. Um, so I think having, you know, having traction, you know, recent traction is key because a lot of times investors, you know, the first meeting, it's not a, you know, yes or no, right. A lot in a lot of times the timing isn't right, or they want to track you over time. So if you go in saying, uh, you know, here's what I've done. And then, you know, again, the other side is here are the next few things I'm going to do. And then you meet with them again in three months and the conversation shifts to, okay, here's what I previously told you I did. Here's what I was going to do. Here's how I did all of those things and where I am now. And now here's the next step. Now here's what I'm going to do next. It shows progress. What, what a very concerning thing is, and that sometimes unfortunately comes up is they'll say, you know, here's my, here's my plan. Here's my big vision. You meet with them again in the next three or four months. And it, they're in the exact same position because they haven't yet raised money. Well, you, you, you know, you also need to be making progress in the other areas. You also need to be hustling and grinding. And let's say, you know, you love it. I caught your ear. You know, I, I have the hustle. I have the grit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one that, um, you know, meet, checks all the boxes, whatever your criteria is for your specific firm. And, and, and you love the metrics. Let's talk about the deal because I think same in the same lens of Shark Tank, I'm, you know, I'm sure I have sometimes a perception when you just think that, oh, you're going to come in, you're going to get this one big deal and you either take it or you leave it and, you know, you just kind of, you, you walk or, or you, you jump in. But I'm sure, you know, just like as the pitch uh, is, is not a reflective of reality for that show. I'm sure the deal is not either. So talk about, you know, just setting expectations. What does like walk through, what does a deal look like? Maybe not specifically, but you know, what can be expected? Is it, is it something that's, that's right away? It's a take time, um, how much time and, and just kind of demystify, you know, some of those, um, preconceived notions when it comes to deal making between, um, a venture capitalist and, and a business owner. I, I guess what, one thing with Shark Tank is that I, I wish valuations were that low in the real world, uh, it's rare to see a valuation in Shark Tank over like, you know, a couple million dollars. And in reality, um, you know, in the, even in the Midwest, you know, a seed stage company will, can be raising it, you know, many multiples of that. Um, there's just a lot of money out there right now. But the, I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, especially in the early stage about the valuation. You, you don't want to end up in a position where you're giving up, you know, too much that's going to impact you down the road. And I, I mean, you know, Giving up, you know, 50 percent of the company, you know, meaning you're raising three million dollars at a, you know, six million dollar valuation type, type situation. Um, uh, so, you, you want to make sure you're protecting yourselves for down the line, but don't. Um, I wouldn't go into the conversation trying to negotiate the terms, you know, at the beginning. I think the best way of doing it is figuring out how much you need to be able to execute on. Uh, on your, on your strategy and, and really leading with the argument of why you need that, that amount of capital. Um, 
and, and you can back and it's sort of it, what ends up happening is you end up backing into evaluation that way in, in, in reality is if you know you need two million dollars and you know you kind of fit into the the seed stage bucket uh and you only want to give you know the, the appropriate amount of you know a, a dilution at that stage is you know 25 percent 30 percent you can back into evaluation that way so again I, I would really focus on how much you need and really um being clear about that uh and then kind of slowing down the conversation about valuation you know, and, and that poses a question. I mean, you know, what, how, how do you even begin to determine for, for organizational leaders? I mean, as we started this topic off, we don't even know if this idea is going to work. We don't know if the idea is great. Maybe we have some traction behind it. And, you know, we're just kind of stuck in this mode of, I can't believe like this idea I thought about while driving into work is now at this stage where I'm, I'm thinking I need to ask for money because this can grow. I can see a future where this idea takes off. And I'm just kind of stuck in this, you know, both mix of humility, mixed with awe and shock of the fact that I'm even sitting here and seeing my product or idea or whatever it is like taking off. Um, but I have no idea how much is worth. Like I, I'm just still struggling to get through, uh, just, just reality and grasping just this awe of, of where I am. You know, what, what are some tips or, or tricks or things that you've worked over the years that people can start finding or understanding uh, the value and maybe in, in making sure that they value correctly and not undervaluing because they're coming in that mindset of there's no way I can ask for that much money or there's no way my idea is worth, worth that price. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're raising money, it's, it's, you know, what someone's willing to pay, right? It, it's, it's, whatever, you know, you're, you're trying to try to get the highest valuation possible and the other side's pushing back. So I think just having enough conversations, not only talking to one investor, really trying to, to meet with several different groups, you'll end up getting feedback, uh, you know, about you specifically and also about, uh, you know, other deals they've done of a similar stage and sort of where it is. Um, most investors are willing to share that. Some of that information is public, um, but if you see that they, you know, invested a million dollars at a $6 million valuation in a company that kind of looks like yours, you know, in general, in a broad strokes, that'll start giving you, um, you know, kind of a, a general idea. No, if you're raising, you know, friends and family money, it, it's a bit di more difficult because at that stage, that might be their first venture investment. Uh, you know, a, sort of a, a strategy there is kick the ball down the road and basically do a convertible note. Uh, you know, or a safe, and it you know allows you to sort of defer the conversation of what the valuation is until a more institutional investor or a, a you know a, basically a full time investor uh, comes in and, and values the company. You know, finally, as we begin to wrap up, I talk about uh, some of the biggest mistakes you see with organizations once they receive the funding. You know, so we get through an idea, we give a bunch of money. I'm sure there's so much excitement. Um, but yet, you know, with that, we have to use that money wisely to, to grow. Um, talk about some wisdom that you can share about what's the best way uh, to make that, that round of funding work for you and your company and to not just burn through it, um, you know, in, off of just the, the excitement of the moment. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire people just because you have the money and you have the ability to hire people. And, you know, you want to meet a certain, you know, burn rate. And so then you just kind of backfill into that by, by spending into it, um, you know, really focus on, on, you know, holding the money and, and using that to, to address problems that you need to address. If you need, if you're not scaling, you know, qu quickly enough to, you know, to put that into sales, to, to put it into engineering, if there are products that, again, you're getting feedback from customers where they're wanting to see certain things, don't just focus on spending the money, you know, use it to, to really address what you 
what you need to address. Again, Max Brickman, Managing Director of Heartland Ventures, a Midwestern venture capital firm. He's also listed in Forbes magazine under 30 list for 2022 and the Kelly School of Business alum. Max, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and taking us inside the mind of a venture capitalist and how we need to build our ideas and take them to the next level so we can earn our success. Thank you. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indian University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.